Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Peyton. Good morning, Edwin. Welcome to the start of a brand new week, and here you are sitting in the podcast chair with me as we jump into Hebrews chapter 12. Excited to have you here with us as we start the week off. Excited to be here. I Thank you. Glad that you are. I'd like for you to go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You're going to be reading from the English Standard Version? That is correct. All right, go for it. Yeah, let's start off with that. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, here we have this application. So we've spent a chapter taking a look at those who are examples of having faith in God, those who by faith accomplished certain things, and now he's saying, okay, now you, now we're going to turn to you. What are you supposed to do? And he talks about the fact that we're going to be running this race, talks about laying aside sins and weights. I know it's just a couple of verses, but when you hear that, what what are some of the first things that come to your mind on this passage? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because one of the first things that comes to my mind is the fact that he makes a distinction between these two things. Which which two things? So he makes a distinction between laying aside every weight and sin and running the race with endurance. And that to me is important because oftentimes I tend to conflate the two. Hmm. I tend to think that in running the race, as long as I'm putting off weights and sins, I'm doing less bad things, well, then I must be running the race. Hmm. Often that's actually how my discipleship starts. I'm putting off bad things, and that's a good thing to be doing, and that's an important thing that we should all be doing. But that's not running the race. That sets us up to run the race. That puts us in a position so that we can run the race better. Mm. Okay, so let me let me see if I'm tracking with you here. The When the Hebrew writer tells us we are running a race, we've got a great cloud of witnesses, we need to run it with endurance— lay aside the sins and the weight. So laying aside the sin and the weight, I can I can get rid of the sin and yet still not be running the race. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I can set aside weights and yet still not be running the race. Exactly. So what what exactly is the race then? The race here seems to be what he's talking about through the 11th chapter, through the 10th chapter, is running the race of faith. Okay. He says to be setting our eyes on Jesus, we're pushing forward, move, moving forward in our um, discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems to be what he's suggesting here in this chapter. So how does, okay, so having set us, here's what I'm thinking. That's, that's a really interesting thought. I haven't thought about it so much, uh, in those terms. I I think maybe I've done the exact same thing you're talking about, conflating Mm -hmm. it, that the race is getting rid of these things. Yeah. That does remind me as I talk with folks, well, for instance, like, uh, like folks who have been involved, involved in some type of what we call a recovery program, someone who says, I'm an alcoholic and I don't want to drink anymore. And so they get involved mm-hmm. in a program that says, I'm going to get rid of drinking. I don't want to drink. I don't want to be drunk. I'm not going to do that anymore. And in fact, they do some great things that help them put that aside. And yet their higher power is not Jesus Christ. Their higher power is not the God that we find in the Bible. And you know, many folks in that in that in those kinds of programs do that, and yet they have laid aside a weight and a sin. Uh-huh. But you, you would say that's the kind of idea of here's someone that has laid aside a weight and a sin, but is not running the race. Exactly. Okay. I think that some of the one of the things that distinguishes maybe us and 
um, people in that sort of position where they're putting away bad things, but they're not doing it in the light of Jesus Christ. Ah, okay. The thing we're trying to do is we're trying to put away things so that we can be disciples. Mm. We have a purpose for it. We have a goal. The goal is to run the race. We have to put away these things in order to do that, but we have a, a bigger goal than just, let's get rid of these things. Let's okay. put away sin. We're still supposed to be pursuing something. Right now, I am reading a book by a fellow named William Law. The name of the book is A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life. Just the other day, in one of the chapters, he was giving some illustrations about how, you know, there, there are some folks who, well, they, they give to charities, but not out of a sense of, I'm going to serve the Lord and help those who are less fortunate, I'm laying up treasures in heaven, but out of a sense of, that's fashionable. It's fashionable to give to these charities, I look good when I give to these charities, and so they are sacrificing and they're laying aside some of this this weight of wealth. Ah, I think about um, Ananias and Sapphira, mm-hmm. who sacrificed some of their monies. They they laid aside, and yet the, the whole reason behind it was not to serve the Lord and serve their brothers, but was to gain some kind of social um, weight in the congregation to gain mm-hmm. a reputation. So, so here is a laying aside, but not toward God. I, I think that you know this fellow just talked about, you know, someone who decides to. I, I'm trying to remember all of his different illustrations. I know he talked about people who eat with moderation, but ra- but but in order to lose weight rather than in order to control their appetites and surrender them to God. And so, you know, I think those are those are some of the things that happen today. Uh, we have those who might put aside cussing, but so that they can, not, not out of a sense of, I want to have a pure mouth, and I want to serve the Lord, and I want to speak like Jesus, but out of a sense of, you know, people respect me more, this I, it'll give me more influence, or, or however. So I, I'm, I'm kind of processing through, because I think what you just hit on is a, con- a conflation that I've been making. I, I kind of mix them together. So I lay aside the weights and the sins, and that prepares me or helps me or increases my ability to run this race of faith. So having set aside the sins and weights, then what's the next step of actually running the race? What, what do I do now? If we're looking at this passage, it says it quite plainly. We need to be looking to Jesus. We've had all these people. He says, look at these cloud of witnesses. Um, and we're not going to get into this much today. But we've seen all these examples of people who've run this race. Okay, It's just talked about how um, Moses himself rejected the treasures of Egypt. All that he could have had, he rejected that because he put faith in God. Mm-hmm. And he suffered with his own people. Mm-hmm. It talks about Abraham and how he left his own kindred and his own land. All these different examples we see in chapter 11 are of, of those people that ran the race. Those people who put other things aside, but not just for its own sake. Because they trusted in God, because they were looking to something better, that's exactly what we're doing. Okay. If we're running the race, it's it's because we're looking towards this goal. We're hoping that when we finish the race, we're going to achieve something. Back in Hebrews chapter 10, he's been encouraging these people, hold on to what you've got. You've got a great high priest. You've got a great sacrifice. You have need for endurance, the same word he uses here. So we need to keep endurance too. As I'm thinking through what you're saying, mm-hmm. it occurs to me then that the race is doing what God has said. Mm-hmm. God has said, draw close. God has, well, God told Noah, build this ark. Uh-huh. Uh, God essentially says to Moses, leave Pharaoh, be with my people. And then, then actually he comes to Moses later and says, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to tell him to let my people go. I want you to lead my people. Here, here's all these things as Moses is growing. 
And so the race is doing what God has said. The race is becoming more like God for us through Jesus, becoming more like Jesus. And what we have are things that are hindering us exactly. from running that race. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. So it's not, hey, don't commit sexual immorality because the race is to make sure you don't commit sexual immorality. No. The race is be holy and pure like Jesus. And if you're committing sexual immorality, it's going to keep that from It's going to hinder you from having that purity and that holiness. Is, is that is that what you're driving across here? You know, that's exactly what I'm getting at. We need to be putting these things aside. But again, it's it has a purpose. I was noticing, too, in this text, though, when we've been making this distinction for the whole time we've been talking, we keep mentioning how there's sin and weights. Mm. We keep making a distinction. Would you would you like to open up that distinction for a minute? Yeah. So that was the distinction that I was seeing. I, I, I'm, but I'm you're, you're really opening my eyes here on this race versus sin and weights. But for me, one of the things that I saw was a difference between sin and weight. I don't think that the weight is just a synonym mm-hmm. for sin. I don't think that what we should see is our Hebrew author is using a rhetorical device of of just doubling his words to try to say the same thing two different times in two different ways, but that there are sins. There are things that are absolutely sins. God says, this, this is impure, this is unholy, this is a violation of the law, don't do this. As Paul will tell Timothy, there is a useful use of the law, though it's not laid down for the just, it's laid down for the lawless and disobedient, the ungodly and sinners, the unholy and profane, for murderers, for those who strike their fathers and mothers. In other words, for those who are committing these sins, the law says, don't do that. This this is not how a godly person, this is not how a covenant follower of God is going to behave, and so there are these things that are sins. What I have a tendency to do in my life is to think that well, as long as I get rid of everything that you can prove to me is a sin that is actually crossing a line, that here is a law, it's a stated law, and it says I cannot do this thing, if I get rid of all of those, then I can run the race. But I think our author here actually adds in a second step that I'm getting rid of the sins, but there are also weights. There, there, there are also hindrances. It, it makes me think Romans chapter 13 in verse 14 but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Here we have the desires of the flesh, which in the context of Scripture would get us into the idea of sin, but he also says make no provision for that. Mm -hmm. I've often thought of this as a word picture. If you're going on a trip, if you're going on a trip, uh, there is the trip itself. There is the getting into the car and driving or getting out your walking stick and going on the hike. But before that, there's the things you do. There are the things that you do to provide for the trip. You put gas in the car. You pack your bags. You put food in the cooler or get money out of the banks to to make equipping and provision for the trip. Every once in a while, not very often, but every once in a while, you might provide for the trip and not actually take the trip. Uh You may get the money out of the bank. You may pack your bags and then not take the trip. So the provision and the trip are two different things. Mm-hmm. And what Paul in Romans 13, and then here, uh, as our Hebrew author is saying in chapter 12, is there's a difference between the sin and all the weights and hindrances. When I am providing for the flesh, if I'm pulling out the money to go commit a sin, if I'm packing the bags to go commit a sin, if I'm putting gas in the car to go commit a sin, maybe all of those things themselves are not sinful, but as they pave the way for sin... They become hindrances 
and weights. So let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. Let's just bust this open. Go ahead. You're saying that there's two things that would be getting in the way. There's obviously some blatant things that are wrong that keep us from running the race entirely. Yes. They just are right in our way. We can't run the race if I'm allowing, um, if I'm committing sexual morality or maybe some of these sins that we talk about. But there's also these other things which may not fall in that category, which we sort of draw a line. Well, that's not blatantly sinful. Right. But you know, it's really dragging me down. Yes. It's really getting my way. Yeah. Yeah. So for instance, um, I I mean, look, the the sexual immorality one, I think sets such an easy target for illustrating this. I think we would all agree that pursuing sexual contact with someone we are not married to, that is a sin. Exactly. That's a sin. I cannot prove to you that it's a sin for an unmarried man and woman to be alone in a house with the lights down and romantic music playing, sitting on the sofa. I can't, I can't prove to you that that's a sin. I, I think I can make a really, really, really strong argument, though, that what is happening is provision being made for the lust of the flesh, and that's going to be the very couple that's in my office sometime later. We don't know how this happened. We didn't intend to cross this line, but here we are. What do we do? Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I think I think about in our culture alone, we, we've had some pretty significant uh, political figures in the past uh, 10 years who said, look... I do not spend time alone with a woman who is not my wife. And they took a lot of heat from it as the public said, oh, you're saying women are dangerous and you're saying this. The guy wasn't saying that. He was saying, look, I'm a sinner. And what I'm going to do is lay aside these weights that get in the way that lead me to sin that stop the race. And um, in fact, what you said earlier as you were asking your question and and kind of restating and making sure we were on the same page, I really appreciated that because I think as we tie all this together, you've made a good point that running the race is not the same as laying aside the sin and the weight. But when I let the sin and the weight dominate, I have stopped running the race. Exactly. Exactly. That's, That's exactly what we're getting at. So here we are. Here, having seen all these examples of faith, Mm -hmm. what we need to do is lay aside the sins and the weights, pursue faith, do what God has said because we trust him and we believe him. Thanks a lot. This has been a great conversation today, Peyton. Why don't you go ahead and take us out with a word of prayer? Absolutely. Lord our God, we thank you so much for this day. and We thank you so much for the ability to run your race with endurance, Lord, as we look to you. Lord, we pray that we can um, be like these people who put aside every weight and every sin. There's things in our lives where, Lord, we realize maybe not maybe aren't sinful, but we know they're really dragging us down, Lord. We know they're getting in the way of our desire to be a disciple and our need to push onward. And as runners, people who are running um, this race, who are trying to put away everything, every little thing to that would get in the way, help us to have that same mindset that as a disciple, we need to put away everything that gets in the way. And quite frankly, that's pretty hard. It's difficult, Lord, to accept that, but we know that's the race of a disciple that we must put away anything that would get in the way of us running to you. And so, Lord, looking at these other examples of faith, we pray that we can be like them, have their faith, be encouraged by the Hebrews writer admonition to hold on to what we've got, to hold on to your son, to look to him. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.